thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. 737, you are with SFM 104 to 107. And in this space, we like to look at uh, stories that may speak directly or indirectly to some of the events of the last week that we have seen. So we've interviewed him here on the show, and uh, I thought that his book was now more important than ever, and that it may be worthwhile to just have a word with him and try and find out a little bit more about what, again, he covers in his book that we have seen this week in so many ways. Dr. Wachbi Long is a clinical psychologist. He's an academic, and he is the author of a book called Nation on the Couch, Inside South Africa's Mind. Dr. Long, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. It's good to be here. Um, Dr. Long, let's go to uh, what you say in the book. There is so much in the book that made me think about it this week and made me repeat it to others, to friends, etc. Perhaps you can just uh, overarchingly talk to us where you feel we are at with regards to what you've written about, but also psychologically what we've seen this week. Sure. Well, Michelle, it's it's a very complicated um, situation that we face as a country, of course, because there are so many players with, with different interests. But but it's also, in some sense, an, an expected crisis in the sense that we have a former president who's, who's just been incarcerated, who retains significant clout still in the in the ruling party. And I think that what's happened is the fragility of our social order has has been exposed um, along particularly deep fault lines. I think those fault lines, at least in in this latest um, crisis, are secondarily around race, but primarily around class inequality, really. Mm. Um, And the book, of course, spent a a great deal of time talking about the psychological fallouts that that come with uh, living in a country as so deeply unequal as, as ours is, one of the most unequal indeed in the world. And one of the, the, the key points in the book is that for the dispossessed, the experience of inequality or what economists call relative poverty is deeply shameful, yeah. deeply shameful, and and that one can expect, therefore, outbreaks of what I call envious destructiveness and of course we've we've seen that to to some extent and i think that we should also just keep in mind that some of these divisions in our in our body politic have been very cynically manipulated at least that's my view mm. um by um the the greed i would say of the the kleptocratic class that that has really uh, threatened to to drag our, our country over the cliff over the last decade and a bit you know, um, Dr. Long, one of the things that, that, that strikes me from the book, and perhaps like as we look at this week, is that there are, there are so many, um, all of us, I mean, every single commentator, newsreader, uh, opinion writer, thought leader, whatever the case, has got something to say. But a lot of that seems to exclude, like, the psychology of this country, the, the nationwide psychology, like how we think, yeah. how we feel. Like, I, as you say, I feel shame or I feel envy or I feel anger. But how we feel as opposed to what we do and what happens. 
Yes, absolutely. And and we, we dare not lose sight of the fact that this country has a pretty deep and dark political unconscious, as it were. And because we, we don't really know what the contents of that unconscious are and because it, those contents remain I suppose split off, Michelle, from from our shared consciousness. So what does that mean? We, so let's before you even go any further. Yes. So I need you to, I need you to take that and I need you to explain that to me. Like when we talk about conscious and the thing that is the subconscious that is split off, explain that to me. Explain that because I'm not, you know, I may not know the language of psychology. What does that actually mean? It means that there are certain things that we don't want to experience about ourselves. There are certain things that we don't want to know about ourselves because it's just too painful. Um, For example, nobody wants to talk about shame because it's shameful talking about shame. Nobody wants to talk about envy because it's seen as as a moral failing. Nobody wants to talk about ambivalence or particularly around racial integration because that also is is shameful and 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 riddled with guilt and so it's the things that we don't want to talk about that we don't want to work our way through that take a life take on a life of their own really and then we have these we have these outbursts and everybody then scrambles to try and make sense of of what's happening so Yesterday on the show, we were talking about the fact that what we, what the country really needs is um, a, a second Truth and Reconciliation Commission. We were talking about conflict resolution. When I listened to you saying this, I'm thinking, well, we need another conversation. And that is a conversation about the stuff we don't want to talk about. Absolutely, Michelle. There's a lot of, I would say, unfinished business as far as the first TRC goes. Uh, I think a broad swathe of South Africans regard it as not having been particularly successful. And I think that because our country's inequality levels are, are growing all the time, it means that social divides are also intensifying. And that just makes it even harder to have conversations across those divides, whether it's around class, race, um, and so on. So there certainly is a a dire need for for dialogue across those divides in this country. Uh, Dr. Long, if we go look at uh, people saying, and you know, that we need a shift and and a change in our uh, economy as we move forward, we need to readdress, um, as the Nlulamiti scenarios say, as you've said yourself, the, the, the inequality that happens. How do we start that conversation in the psychological space, if that makes, if that makes sense? Because the one is a practical and an operational, and this is another practical, but it's a, it's a psychological practical. It's about cleaning up the mind in a way. Indeed, and Michelle, I, I think I think it starts with with action. Actions, as they say, speak louder than words. And one of the chapters in my book is about the so-called golden rule, yes. where one treats others as one wants to be treated, and one doesn't treat others as one doesn't want to be treated. And I think that South Africans across the country are pulling together and giving effect to this golden rule. One one sees it in, for example, acts of of, of, of charity where truck convoys are being arranged, filled with food supplies being being um, driven from one province to another to help out people in KwaZulu-Natal, for example. One sees it in people being 
called out for racist posts on social media. One sees it in people appealing to fellow citizens not to panic by. All of these kinds of, of practical interventions are examples of, of the golden rule. And, Michelle, you know, people respond to acts of kindness. Yeah. It's, when we, it's when we talk through our behaviors, through these kinds of pro-social behaviors, that it becomes possible to have those conversations across yeah. divides that we're talking about. Jesus, I'm, you know, it's amazing. Something as small as saying, don't panic by. The, the power yes. of, of what that means. Because if you say to someone, you're, you're panic buying, um, what you're saying is that I don't care about anybody else as long as I'm safe for the next month or two months. Exactly. And, and this country has a magnificent heart. It so it's, it's, it's a deeply wounded heart, but we see it. We've been seeing it uh, in, in, in the news over the last few days, how South Africans are supporting each other, looking out for the people that that live with them and, and, and around them. And that is absolutely a move in the right direction. So someone is saying, um, uh, I, she's, uh, I'm assuming it's a she, saying, um, uh, what about the fact that I feel terrified? And and I think that that's, that, that's a question that does go to you. Um, so many people are afraid. And... In many ways, fear, what fear does is it kind of freezes you or it makes you fight. I mean, you know. In, indeed, indeed, Michelle. And, and, and this is where it becomes really important to seek out help from, from the people around us, whether it's in our social support circles, whether it's with our, our mental health care professionals. Mm. But I think part of, part of dealing with these difficult emotions is also around normalizing them. Um, huh, this yeah. country has such a traumatic history yeah. that it's it's inevitable that we are going to face critical moments um, like like these in our present and indeed in in our future. Um, yeah. It's 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 to be expected that we're going to face these kinds of moments, and therefore we're going to respond um, and end up sitting with with, with difficult emotions like terror. Um, likes you, and so I think that just normalizing these kinds of emotional responses is is part of the process of of dealing with those emotions. Doctor Long, one of the things of dealing with those emotions, and and I think that this may be a good space to close off on, is this idea of recognizing. And we talk to you, and we try and put as many people onto the show who who open up the conversation so that we start to recognize the things we feel. So I feel this. Oh, I recognize that this is what I feel. Or I'm getting angry. Let me just cognitively think about why I'm getting angry instead of like, as we spoke about yesterday, going into that sort of limbic lizard brain, which is just like, ah, I feel angry. It's a skill. It is a skill. It's a mind training skill. Absolutely. Being able to, to sit with one emotions and not to simply act out on them is, mm. is, is something that requires not just psychological practice, if you will, but a, a certain kind of mindfulness, really. And, and I believe that, that some of us perhaps are, are better than, it than, than others, but it's not to say that those, those skills can't be acquired. Yeah. We need to be careful of... of, of um, you know, knee-jerk reactions at, at a time like this. And, and as you say, Michelle, it's important that we be able to sit with our feelings, 
think about our reactions, ask ourselves why we're feeling the way that we are, and then also to, to reach out across the divides in our country mm-hmm. and imagine what, what people on, on the other side of the divide are also thinking and, and feeling yeah. about their conditions. Yeah, and, and, and the, the fear country. that they're feeling and the anger they're feeling as well. Yes. Um, Wahbi, you mentioned in an article that I've just read recently, um, you, 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 you quoted the idea of a tree yes. and planting a tree. It's a beautiful, way, beautiful, beautiful metaphor. Let's, uh, let's use that. Tell us. Yes, the, the Chinese have this, this aphorism that uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree um, is now. And what that means really is that it's it's never too late. And yeah. I am very much encouraged by the, the acts of generosity and kindness and, and empathy that South Africans from across the political spectrum have been displaying to their fellow citizens um, in the last few days. Dr. Wachbilong, thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts with us. And... Uh, thank you so much for sharing the book, Nation on the Couch, Inside South Africa's Mind. I think it is a book that should be taught in schools, in universities, in every possible space. So if you have a reading club and you're listening to this now, if you read with your friends, go and find that book, Nation on the Couch, Inside South Africa's Mind. It will open up many, many conversations for you. It will raise questions for you. And it will certainly, as uh, Dr. Wachbilong says, address and make you think about what it means to be empathetic, to think about other people as well. And we heard about that a little earlier on the show as well.